welcome to Redefining Balance for Working Moms podcast, where we believe life balance is possible. Uh, Yes, even for you. You might just have to redefine what it looks like for yourself. I'm your host, fellow working mom and founder of Your Life Rocks, Jenny Stemmerman. Each week, I'll bring you practical, real-life tips to help you focus on the things that matter most in life and be the best version of yourself in every area that God has called you to. Ready to redefine what balance looks like for you and your life? Let's go. Well, welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you're here to hang out with me today. I hope that your summer is off to an amazing start. If you missed the last couple episodes, we talked all about how to create the most awesome summer ever, both for your family and last week was all about creating it for you. And if you haven't yet received your working mom kit for making a summer awesome, I hope that you go and get it. You can go to yourliferocks.com forward slash summer, or you can access it in the Your Life Rocks app. If you don't yet have the app, you can get it from either iTunes or Google Play. And then when you are logged into the app, just go to the courses section and you'll find Summer of Awesome. And in there, you'll have planning tools, tips, inspiration, ideas on helping you create the most awesome summer for yourself and your family in the small margins of before work and after work and on the weekends and all of that good stuff. And since we are in this vein of talking about summertime, I thought it would be great for us to just have a candid conversation about our health. You know, Oftentimes for myself, when summertime comes around, my health is kind of a big focus. It's a little hotter out. I want to feel confident in my skin. And so I'm always looking to lose a few pounds going into summer. And even in past years where weight wasn't necessarily an issue, fruit and vegetables are in abundance. Plus, I just do a lot more physical activity in summertime. And so it's a great time to be focusing in, dialing in a little bit more on some of those health goals that you might have. Now, I don't know about you, but I seem to be seeing fad diets everywhere. And sometimes I don't think it's necessarily fair to call some of them fad diets, but there are certain ways of eating. And I'm always just curious, is that really healthy? Because when you start to research it, you'll find information that both supports and contradicts any diet plan out there. And you kind of get to the point where you're like, I don't even know who to trust or what information is real and what isn't. Now, I am blessed enough to have a good friend who actually is in this space. And so she was my first thought of bringing her on the show to have just a candid conversation about these different fad diets to see, are there really any health benefits in these different eating plans? And how should we be kind of guiding ourselves and navigating these waters of all of the information that is out there right now? Now, my guest today, her name is Autumn Beam, and she's been on the show a couple times before. The last time she was on was last September. It was episode 155, and we had a conversation about nutrition and stress and how you can combat stress through your nutrition. It was a really great episode, got a lot of great feedback from a lot of you who had listened to that show, found it very helpful. So if you haven't yet listened, I hope you go back and listen to episode 155. You can find that episode in whatever app you're listening to this podcast in. You can find it in the Your Life Rocks app, or you can go to yourliferocks.com and hit the search button and just type in 155 and you'll find that episode. Now, for those of you who do not know Autumn, she is the founder of Hope Wellness, a national clinical nutrition and functional wellness company based in LA. And what I love so much about what Autumn does is it really stems from her own journey to find health for herself. She was in a battle spanning two decades, going from doctor to doctor, and she made it a mission to find answers for herself and others in the same situation. And while she was going through this journey, she discovered functional medicine, 
And for those of you that aren't familiar with functional medicine, it really investigates the root cause of chronic illness, metabolic imbalances, and nutritional deficiencies to get the clients back to an optimal state of wellness in the most natural way possible. So not only has she had her own experience in getting herself healthy and back from a place of not being very healthy, but you guys, she really knows her stuff. She's very passionate about sharing so generously everything that she knows to try to help as many other people as possible. And if you're thinking like, oh my goodness, yes, I definitely need something like that in my life, she has a very special offer for our listeners which I'll tell you about at the end of the interview. I hope you enjoy this conversation with me and my friend, Autumn. Autumn, my friend, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you back on the show. Thanks for having me back. I love being on your show. Oh my gosh. I love having you on because you are full of so much wisdom and you are just fun to talk to. And today we're talking about fad diets and healthy eating and wellness and weight loss and all of that good stuff. But before we dive into all of the brilliance that I know you're going to share, remind our audience a little bit about who you are. Sure. Yeah. I am a functional medicine nutritionist. And it's so funny because when I tell people that they pretend they understand what I'm talking about and they're like, oh, that's cool. (laughs) And so, yeah, I always follow up the question like, do you know what functional medicine is? And then they admit the truth and they say, I have no idea what that is. So a functional medicine nutritionist is somebody who has great knowledge of nutrition and food and all the nutrients and foods, et cetera, et cetera. But we also look at the root cause of chronic disease and we often use botanicals and supplements and other things and advanced testing, advanced biochemical testing methods in order to optimize people's metabolisms and get them feeling their best because nobody wants to feel crappy. And you know, most of my clients who are coming to me are people who've been put on medications that have side effects, have been going to doctors for years. And this is just a certain population of people that don't have very cut and dry presentations. And unfortunately, you know, conventional doctors, they're just not always set up. I mean, they all have a different knowledge base, but, but the vast majority are not necessarily set up with the, you know, root cause, functional medicine, you know, nutritional base. And so oftentimes those people come to me and we sort of help do the biochemical investigations. I kind of refer to myself as sort of a biochemical detective. You make it sound so fun. You make it sound so fun. Well, it's fun for me. It's so funny. When I (laughs) I start talking like advanced biochemistry, I physically see my husband's eyes glaze over. Like it legit (laughs) happens. It's so funny. And he's just like, stop. And, And the funny thing about that is he comes from a family of medical professionals he's sort of the black sheep. He is a healthcare executive, but on the business side. So he doesn't actually deal with the clinical side of things. So the clinical side, he's just like, okay, stop. I can't. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. And I love having this background with you on talking about this particular topic as we're talking about weight loss and fad diets and things like that. Because generally when I think about what you do, it really is more of that health detective. Like these are the symptoms I'm having I like heal me, make me well. And really what we're talking about today is kind of on the other side of that pendulum where I feel like when we're going for weight loss, like when you truly want weight loss, it's like not considering wellness always. So talk to us a little bit about what you feel like those differences are when we're talking about health, weight loss, wellness, like where do those kind of transition or where do you see them kind of crossing over with clients coming to you and and just kind of in general? Right. Well, I feel like wellness is sort of a sense of being. And wellness comes from a lot of different 
facets of life. Like wellness can come from your sleep habits, your meditation habits, your exercise habits, your, of course, your eating habits, your genetics, you know, like there's just, and it, and it can be a state of mind. It can be, how do you think about how you feel versus, you know, biochemically, how do you feel? So that's sort of this amorphous word that depends on opinion and the opinion of experts, I suppose. It, I don't know if that's sort of a convoluted answer, but, but I feel like it's sort of this like, essence that you have to sort of come to a, a mindset about and how you feel. Do you feel well? Do you think in a way that is positive? You know, it's like, what are your thought patterns? There's just such a, a wide range of what wellness means. Now, in terms of health and weight loss, I feel like I feel like wellness and health sort of go together, you know, but how are we talking about that? You know, are we talking about, are you healthy if you're eating right? Are you healthy if you're sleeping right? I feel like those two words, health and wellness are kind of very similar. Now, when you're talking about weight loss, now, weight loss can be a lot of different things because we like to think that weight loss is just about fat or skinny. I mean, it is, but when you bring the health factor into it, it's, okay, well, weight is really a symptom of something. Weight is not the problem. It is the symptom of what your body is doing that's causing you to gain weight. And so that's the really the question that we need to answer when it comes to weight loss. I love that you say that. And I think that that ties in so great with what it is that you do is, you know, being that detective to really look at the symptoms and not just treat the symptoms, but figure out what those root causes are. And, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, like, oh yeah, weight is like a symptom that there's something else going on. But it's just such a great reminder because I think sometimes the things that we know deep down inside or back in the back of our head are not always there when we're making decisions about things that we need to do to take care of our health, like weight loss, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And weight is, I mean, it's one of those things that's really obvious. Like when you look at yourself in the mirror, you have this perception of yourself. Do I define myself as skinny? Do I define myself as fluffy? Do I define myself as obese, overweight? You know, what? how do I define what I'm looking at. But what you can't look at in the mirror is you can't look at biochemistry. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, so it's hard for us to wrap our brains around weight not being the problem, you know, especially in, in today's world, because weight has so many consequences. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of symptoms that come from the weight, whether it's, you know, our emotional well-being or our confidence level or just the way that we feel about ourselves, the way that we see ourselves. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it seems to be its own little isolated piece off of it versus like if I had high blood pressure, I would look at that way different and we have a much less emotional tie to that symptom versus I've gained some weight. Exactly. Exactly. It really changes everything. Like I remember when I was pregnant, not the same as I mean, being overweight, obviously, but it changes you because you're like, well, gosh, things aren't really fitting me anymore. Now I got to go buy new clothes. And now you have a financial burden, right? And it could be the opposite burden if you lose weight, honestly, because now all of a sudden, you know, your pants don't fit anymore either way. And so you have to go shopping. And now it's like, oh, I can't fit through. I remember when I was getting really big and I kept bumping into stuff, you know, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I can't fit through this, you know? Yeah. And then it does, it messes with your head. And so you have, you have this whole like quality of life thing that's sort of happening when it comes to weight. You know, yeah. are you able to move around? You know, like, are you able to bend over the same way? Are you able to play with your kids? Do you have enough energy for that? Do you have enough energy to go, you know, volunteer at your church on Sunday? It's like if we don't if we don't feel our best, whether it's weight or fatigue or whatever, and some a lot of times those things go together, you know, then you don't have the capacity to do the things that we would really like to be doing. Like we would really like to be investing in God's kingdom, but 
we physically just don't have the energy to do it. So how can we, how can we fix that so that we can be more effective? Yeah. And this is so brilliant. And this is why I wanted to have you on to talk about this because I feel like, you know, when we talk about health and wellness, like weight loss aside, like it can get so confusing on gluten-free, dairy-free, like what, how should you be eating and what things should you be doing for overall health? Because I feel like there's so many different conflicting information out there. And then you start to look into weight loss and all of the different diets and all of the different messaging and the different articles and different experts that quite honestly, like they're like, well, this is backed up by a study, but then someone will say something completely the opposite. And they'll say, well, but this is backed up by a study. And it just gets so overwhelming. So like when you said, you know, your capacity to do more, but then also it stretches your capacity to even figure out what to do about it. And that's where I feel like people will turn to some fad diets because it's just very regimented or you're told exactly what to do and it can simplify things. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. And I think I face palm about five times a day (laughs) (laughs) from different things I read on the internet. And, and a lot of times, you know, people are really well-meaning and they genuinely want to help other people when it comes to the lay person, you know, who maybe not necessarily be educated, but you know, they read a book on some nutrition thing. And so now they've become experts and feel the need to comment on everyone's like Facebook posts and Instagram posts about something someone said about, about weight loss or whatever. And, and sometimes they're just so far off base that I just can't, I just like eye roll emoji, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. You know, because I'm just like, oh, you're so well-meaning and I love you so much for trying and wanting to help this person, but you have no idea. You have no idea what you're really talking about. Now, you know, and then when it comes to the professionals disagreeing, I mean, there's so many different camps. I mean, honestly, and I just try to boil it down to my number one answer when people ask me, like, should I be doing X diet or should I be doing XYZ thing is it depends. And I mean, so this is why I think it's so great because I think we are always looking for the one size fits all. I mean, like I have a friend, she's done keto for like a year and a half, has had amazing results. I did it for like a couple of days and felt like I was going to die. <laughs> and I know people who do great with like Whole30, that's, you know, or paleo or blood type diet or cleanses or whatever it is, right? There's like a bazillion different things. So talk to us a little bit about like, what is that process to figure out what is best for you? At the end of the day, it really helps to talk to a professional who, like myself, who definitely has a wide knowledge of all the different things. Because we're going to be looking at things like your personal metabolism, your personal health history. What have you done? What's worked? How do you feel? Let me look at this organic acids test and see where you are right now. Let me look at this stool sample and see what's your, what's your gut flora doing. You know, let's look at your food sensitivities, your food allergies. Are there any? You know, there's just so much that depends on it. And let's look at how you metabolize food. Are you metabolizing your protein properly? Are you metabolizing your fat properly? And let me tell you something, if you're not a good fat metabolizer, keto is not for you. So I always tell people if they're going to try something like keto, you know, be evaluated by somebody who can assess whether or not you actually have good digestion. Because, you know, you might feel crappy throughout the whole thing. And you think I'm just waiting for that day to kick in where I finally feel amazing. And you know, that day doesn't seem to be coming and I don't understand what I'm doing wrong. And it has, it, you're not doing anything wrong. You're following the protocol the way you're supposed to follow it. But your body is not made to do right now what you're wanting it to do. And there's also genetic factors. Like there are certain genotypes that do not do well with fat metabolism because you are not genetically set up to metabolize fat that way, like another person might be. So, you know, it's the whole thing, like my sister's neighbor's dog walker 
tried keto and she lost, you know, 70 pounds and I tried keto and felt like crap and, you know, it never worked. Well, that's because you're not the same person she is. Yeah. Yeah. And it gets hard because like when you're talking about all of the testing and all of the analysis, like it feels like it's a lot of work when you hear people are like, oh yeah, I did this one thing and then I lost like 15 pounds in a month. And it's so much easier to just be like, oh, well, I will, I will just try that one little thing (laughs) versus going through all of these things. But I think that that's where the crossover between that desire for weight loss, but then understanding the wellness. Do you think that there's any benefit from a wellness perspective of trying different of these fad diets? That's a difficult question, really. Is it going to hurt you? It might. Maybe not super dramatically. Maybe it'll take time before you're like, oh, this isn't good. You know, that's why I just lo- I love it when people just come to me and talk to me about it. In general, I think last episode when I was on, you know, you asked me about what are the general things that people can follow when it comes to wellness that apply to most people. And I'll kind of reiterate that now. And so, you know, reducing your refined carbohydrates, your inflammatory foods, eating out too much and lots of sugar or even sugar substitutes that still act in the body as sugar, like a lot of honey or agave or maple syrup, like paleo really loves to use maple syrup you know, those kinds of things, like those, those are all going to eventually cause problems for people if you're taking them in an excess. And for most people, in, in any kind of excess in one macronutrient or another is going to cause some sort of imbalance. So by macronutrient, I mean protein, carbohydrate, or fat. And I don't mean healthy carbohydrates, you know, because fruits and vegetables are technically carbohydrates. I'm talking about your, your refined carbohydrates in general, having too many of those at once in one day or in your diet in general can really be harmful at times. So I'm much more of a a balanced approach when it comes to trying wellness. If you're cleaning up your diet, have a very balanced approach. And then if you want to do something more extreme, then, you know, a professional can really help you through that process and, and find, okay, which one is going to be the best road for you personally to take. Yeah, I think that that's really sound advice. And I love, thank you for going back through what some of those generalized, beneficial for most people to help you clean up your diet. Because I think that that's really kind of where it starts is figuring out like, like if you were like woke up this morning or and something happened or you saw a picture of yourself or like for me it, the other day, I'll tell you. So this is my little personal story, right? So it's starting to get warmer and I've been on this weight loss journey for now for like a couple months. And so I've been feeling a lot better about myself and, you know, feeling like, oh yeah, I'm losing weight and feeling awesome. It was like 80 degrees outside and I put a tank top on because I was like, oh, it's so hot. And I was outside doing stuff with the kids and everything. And then I caught a reflection of myself from like the kind of back side-ish. And I could see like my back of my arm and my back fat. I was like, oh my <laughs> gosh, I have to immediately do something like fast changes. Even though I've been you know, on this path for a while and making healthier choices. Again, going back to what we started off talking about, weight loss is a symptom, but it's got all this emotional attachment to it that I think can make us make non-rational decisions. Like it's very rational to say, avoid sugar and balance your macros and, you know, things like that. But sometimes when it comes to weight loss and it's 80 degrees and you're in a tank top and you catch a reflection of yourself, like that, you make very irrational choices or decisions. 
how do I lose 15 pounds right the second? Oh my gosh, I need to go to keto. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And even though I know keto doesn't work for me, it I was ended up on Pinterest looking at what are keto recipes. <laughs> so how do we combat that? Like how do we hit the pause button in those moments when we're about to make a decision that might not be great for us? Honestly, you have to take a deep breath and you have have to just be okay with your journey. I mean, everyone is on a different journey and you know, I think it's these these shows on TV that talk about, you know, what was that one show? Some kind of extreme weight loss show. I'm kind of, I'm yeah, kind of like, yeah. I'm bl- blanking greatest, on the name. Greatest Loser? Biggest Loser? Biggest, yeah, something like that. And, you know, you have these people who are morbidly obese and they're putting them through these diet, these dietary changes where basically the chefs are making them food for them for the most part during the show, I'm assuming. And then, you know, they're doing these huge physical workouts and stuff that they haven't been doing. And they go from, you know, 350 pounds to 225 pounds, you know, and 150, 125 pounds of weight loss. I mean, that's a lot of weight loss, you know? So we think, why can't I just lose these 10 pounds? (laughs) You know, but that's a completely different situation when someone is eating insane amounts of food and then unhealthy food and they're storing fat to that degree. And then all of a sudden they go to eating a whole foods diet you're going to lose a lot of weight pretty fast when you're that big. But when you're somebody who is maybe, you know, anywhere between 10 and 60 pounds overweight, you know, you, you might be looking at a longer, slower road. It's just not quite the same. You have to understand where you are. You know, you have to understand you did not get this way overnight. This didn't happen overnight. If there's something that happened in your life that got you to that point, whether it was having children whether it was you went through an emotional situation like a divorce or a, a loss of a family member or an illness or something like that, and you gained a bunch of weight, then look at that and say, gosh, I've been through a lot. I shouldn't be so mean to myself. Like we are so mean to ourselves. We will say things to ourselves in the mirror that we would never say to our best friend. So true. You just have to be realistic and take a deep breath and say, I'm okay with me right now. And I'm just going to take it one step at a time. And whether you lost 20 pounds in a month or you lose 20 pounds in six months, you know, people are still going to be really proud of you and you're really going to be proud of yourself. You know, having weight loss in a really healthy way is a good journey. So stop being so mean to yourself, take a deep breath and just be okay with the journey. It's okay. I love it. That's just like such a dose of reality. So thank you. Autumn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it was super profound or anything, but I'm just like, but sometimes okay. we need that. We need like to have that reality speak, especially from a professional. Like I think sometimes we need to hear that for ourselves. So I appreciate you sharing that. All right. So the yeah. next question I have for you, as I was preparing for this, I was thinking about like, what are the fad diets that are out there right now? We already talked a little bit about like keto and, you know, things like that. But I want to have a, a conversation just asking you what things are like an actual fad diet versus things that are just more of like a a health and wellness strategy that might have other benefits or might be something that there might be some medical kind of benefit or, or wellness benefit that people would see from doing it. So obviously right now there's like a ton of different things out there, like the carnivore diet. Do you feel like that's more of a fad diet or just like a different way of eating or a different way of approaching nutrition? It's not a diet I love. The carnivore diet is really something that I would consider more of a medical diet. So that would be usually people who are doing something like a carnivore diet are people who have some serious like health issues. You know, it might be like autoimmune issues. It might be some some nervous system issues. 
other things like that. And that is a diet that should really be monitored by a health professional who knows about it and who can monitor you. I mean, that is really eating one type of food. You know, you're eating protein. That's all you're eating. But I mean, generally it's protein, but you're not eating any other plant-based healthy fats like olive oil. You're not getting your avocado oil, you know, other plant-based oils. And you're also not eating any carbohydrate, really. So, you know, you're not feeding your gut flora, which is something that we absolutely have to do for our health. And some people see some benefits with the carnivore diet short term, but long term, I mean, acne and major constipation because you're not, again, you're not feeding your gut flora, you're not eating any fiber. So it's really not, in my opinion, meant to be a lifestyle diet. It's really more of a short term medical diet that, again, really needs to be monitored by a health professional. That's interesting that you say that because I was looking at this list and I was going to ask you about a bunch of these different ones if you felt like it was fat diet or like something legit, but I never even considered the idea that some of these might be more like a medical diet, like not something you should even consider without like medical intervention. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, the keto diet started that way. I mean, the keto diet was created in the, like the 1930s or the 1920s by a physician who was trying to help children with their epilepsy. Really? Uh, yeah, that's, that's the whole reason keto even came into existence. And then it was something like when the Atkins diet came on the scene was sort of the reemergence of the keto style diet. And I'm trying to even remember what year that, I want to say that was in the 90s when that sort of came back on the scene. It was being pulled from this research from what I remember and what I understand from this original doctor who was working with children with epilepsy. And they found that, you know, the keto diet was, was really beneficial in kind of reversing their symptoms of epilepsy. And they were having less instances of seizures with this because, you know, the fat was really feeding the brain. You know, there's a big, there's been a big scale, uh, you know, or a sliding scale in terms of like the definition of keto, because back then, the keto diet was really mainly like meats and cheeses. You know, there really wasn't a whole lot of anything else. You know, that's technically not a carnivore diet because you're still eating cheese, you know, and other types of those kinds of fats. And then now you have this sliding scale all the way up to Dr. Will Cole, who's written the book Ketotarian, where he's doing, or he's, you know, a proponent for the keto diet by getting yourself into ketosis through a plant-based diet and how to do that. And that's a huge sliding scale, you know, of, wow. of the definition of keto. So it's like, when people ask me, you know, should I do keto? And I'm like, well, what's your definition of keto? Let's start there. And what is the healthiest version of keto if you're going to do it? And are you being monitored by, you know, this is all these questions I ask people when they, when they ask me about keto. And I swear I get questions about keto, you know, at least once a week. Yeah. Well, I mean, I get Facebook ads now about like, do this keto diet and here's like an instructional and make it really easy. And, you know, it, and it's appealing to eat like cheese and bacon and, you know, Who doesn't love hamburgers bacon? without the okay. bun. I'm like, that sounds pretty awesome to me, actually. Yeah, it's very desirable because you get to eat all the foods, not all the foods, but a lot of the foods that, you know, so many experts have talked about as taboo, like all the saturated fat and oh, now I can eat this saturated fat and this makes it all okay. You know, this sounds great. I can't eat cake, but, you know, I can have bacon. So maybe that's a great, you know, <laughs> right. trade-off, I guess, you know. Like I said, there's this big sliding scale. So it's really hard. And, and like I said, like for keto, it's one of those things that people could do it and they could do really well on it. And lucky you that you, you have the fat metabolism, apparently, to do it. Even a lot of the experts, that there are a lot of experts who say, you know, this is a lifestyle. And, I'm, and, and a lot of the experts that I know 
we've had lots of conversations and, and these people range from functional medicine experts to actual fitness professionals that are not huge proponents for keto. And they say, if you're going to do it, and I agree with them, this is something you do for about four months and then you get back to a regular diet because you know over time there's going to be some consequences. And there are some recent studies coming out studying these high fat diets or high protein paleo diets and seeing some cardiovascular consequences long-term. If someone's going to do keto, I definitely prefer the more ketotarian approach. I would include some animal proteins in that personally. And, and the thing I love about Dr. Will Cole is that he's super chill. Like He's just like, hey, you're doing this. We're feeding the gut flora. We're, we're including lots of plant-based foods, but you can still be keto with these plant-based foods and you know having these plant-based fats. And yeah, include some fish, you know, and if you're not someone who wants to not eat chicken and some red meat here and there, like do that too, whatever works for you, but here's sort of the principle. And so really, if someone's going to do it, that's sort of my preference is, is leaning more that direction, you know, not tons of dairy and tons of red meat and bacon and all that kind of stuff. And the that's, fat bombs and... You know, yeah. I don't, I don't totally hate fat bombs, but you know, I'm yeah, not going to... For, <laughs> but they can, you know, but they, for some people, they make you feel crappy. They don't make you feel like, like so, so many people talk about like, oh, well, I had a fat bomb and I had all this energy and the MCT oil was like, went straight to my brain and I was so clear headed. And, you know, then there are other people who are like, I felt the worst I've ever felt ever eating a fat bomb. <laughs> yeah, that was me. That was totally yeah. me. Yeah. It's, it's just not for everyone, you know? So that's sort of my, my two cents on keto, if that's helpful. I love that. Okay. So my next question for you has to do with intermittent fasting because this feels like it's everywhere nowadays. I mean, even the other day I was watching some YouTube video, someone who's just the, I don't know what you would call them, but like they make all kinds of like fun YouTube videos and now they're starting to do like health YouTube videos. And she was talking about intermittent fasting. It just seems like everybody is talking about it yeah. and it's hard. And this is where it gets difficult. I think sometimes is, you know, figuring out like what is an actual nutritional practice and what is a fad diet? Where do you kind of stand on that? On intermittent fasting? Yeah. I freaking love intermittent fasting. I love it. But let's define it. Okay. So there are many different ways to intermittent fast. There are people who do like a 24 to 48 hour water fast. There are people who do the 16-8 version where they eat for eight hours of the day and then they, they fast for 16 hours. So basically, you know, if you eat at your dinner at 5.30 the day before, then you're not eating again till like 10.30 the next day or whatever. And then there are people who do the 12-12, you know, so there's a few different versions of it. So the one that I prefer and love the best is doing the 16-8 fast, or even you could even do it a little bit longer. You could, you know, not eat until like two o'clock in the afternoon if your blood sugar and your adrenals can handle that. Because not everybody, if you have adrenal sensitivities, intermittent fasting does not go well for people then, you know, I like that doing that twice a week on non-consecutive days. So something like doing it on Monday and Thursday, mm. you know, and, and I'm a brunch fan. I love brunch. So weekends are not going to work for me on intermittent fasting <laughs> so much. But, you know, whatever, whatever two days, you know, work for you. What I am not a proponent for is every single day. Like some people are, some people love that. I don't because here's what I've seen clinically, you know, anecdotally in my practice. I would say that I get a really large percentage of clients who do intermittent fasting and or what they would call intermittent fasting essentially and they don't eat breakfast you know and so they're not eating and they're not eating until lunchtime basically every single day and the consistent thing that i see with these people is fatigue blood sugar dysregulation you know they're just and cravings like that's something that i see a lot i had one client who came to me 
you know, and he was one of those people in the categories of kind of being adrenally fatigued. He had a very high stress job and he was studying for the LSATs to go into law school. Wow. And he was intermittent fasting every single day. And, and he was working out a lot too. And he was eating a lot of calories. Like he was definitely up above 2000 calories a day, even though he was not eating breakfast every single day. But he just, he wasn't doing well. He couldn't think he was tired all the time. And so I was like, dude, you got to eat breakfast. Like, stop this. You know, you need to spread this out and you need, to, you need to eat breakfast. He called me within a week. I think it was in a week. He called me and was like, oh my gosh. He's like, I am a different human. I have so much energy. I am so clear headed at work. He's like, this is amazing. And I was just like, yep, see, <laughs> you know, and then I had another client who did the same. I think I've had three recently who all did the same thing. I told them, stop doing that, eat breakfast. If you're going to do it intermittent fast, you know, the two days a week. And with the 16-8, you know, some people say you can, you know, just eat within the eight hours. And some people say, we'll only eat 800 calories to help with sort of processing through the liver and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm not against that. So, but yeah, these people just, they did not do well. It's just long-term intermittent fasting every single day, like just was not something that worked for at least these particular clients. And some of them had high stress and some of them didn't. So that's kind of my two cents on that. I'm glad to hear you say you're a proponent of it because I really like intermittent fasting. I feel like I feel really good on that. But I love too that you, just in everything that you do, Autumn, honestly, is that it just comes back to personalization. And I think as we're closing up, that's the thing that I would encourage people the most is to realize that it's not one size fits all because I've been there. Like when you're trying some of these eating plans or diets and just because someone else has had great success and then you don't, and then you feel like, oh, well, I'm a failure. I did something wrong or but it just might not be for you. And I think that that's where having someone who's an expert like you come alongside someone to really be able to figure out what works best for your particular body, your particular lifestyle, and what's going to be the best plan of action for you to get the results that you want. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I love that. Now, where can people learn more about who you are, book a time so that they can start kind of into this process for themselves? Yeah, absolutely. So my website is www hopewellnessla.com. And I'm on Instagram at I am Autumn Beam. And my Facebook page is Hope Wellness LA as well. And so on my website, hopewellnessla.com, there is actually a booking area. And if you're interested in learning more about, you know, functional medicine and personalized nutrition, you certainly can go on there, go to the booking area. I offer free 15 minute consultations to those who are interested so that they can learn how we would work together specifically, you know, with me and you and your concerns. And if it's something you want to go ahead and do, then we will go ahead and move forward with an initial consultation. And my deal, as always, for your podcast, when anyone mentions your podcast, is that you get your first consultation and your follow-up, an hour follow-up consultation for $360, which is definitely a discounted rate. That is an incredible deal to have your kind of wisdom and, and guidance behind that all and have it all be personalized, I think is incredible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to help. And then lots of people, you know, there's a lot of info out there, you know, going on about, you know, vegetarian and vegan diets. I get lots of questions about those things. Is that something that you're interested in as well? That's something we can certainly talk about. I know that's not something that we covered in this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different things out there. And that's what I love about everything that you do is it just is 
very much common sense. And I think I could ask you like about a hundred different diets and your answer would be like, well, it depends. <laughs> yep. I, that's what I said. That's what I told you in the beginning that, you know, it just depends. <laughs> it just depends. And that's you know? why I think it's so great because it's the truth. It's the truth. Well, yeah. And it's understanding the pros and cons of these different approaches. And then how do those pros and cons fit you? You know, are the cons big enough in your situation? Like for this last example, intermittent fasting, for instance, like if I'm going to evaluate you, we're going to figure out like, do you have a sensitive adrenals? And if you do, intermittent fasting isn't for you, but maybe this other thing over here is. And so let's shift our, like you came wanting to talk to me about this, but you know, the con is big enough that this may be a really big problem for your health. So let's not go that direction. Let's shift over here and have the same result. It's so brilliant. So brilliant. And I think we could probably talk for hours about this kind for of stuff sure. and everything that we could talk about. But I just want to thank you so much for sharing so generously again with our audience, with all of your wisdom and information, and even for the generous discount on what you do, because I know what you provide is such high value. So to be able to provide that kind of a price point to bring more wellness to women, I just want to thank you so much for the way that you're serving out in this world. Absolutely. Happy to do it. And there you go. I told you, Autumn is full of so much great information. And, you know, really, if you are looking for having some extra help, someone who can come alongside you and really personalize your journey to wellness, I hope that you reach out to Autumn. And if you are a member of our Facebook community, I will go ahead and tag her when this episode goes live in the group. So you can even just directly message her right there on Facebook from our group. And again, if you haven't listened to the last time she was on episode 155, I hope that you go back and have a listen there because there's so much great information that she shares, especially if you're a bit of a nutrition nerd like me and really love to learn about things, you are really going to love that episode. And if you haven't yet done so, I hope that you hit subscribe because next week we are joined with another great friend of mine as we dive into marriage topics. Because summer is a season of love. I don't know, maybe it's all of the weddings or just all of the family gatherings, but it just really is a great time to reconnect to your marriage. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about next week. So stay tuned for that. And until then, keep building a life that rocks. Bye. Just because the episode's over doesn't mean that we have to stop hanging out. Of course, you can follow me over on Instagram at your.life.rocks or hop on over to Facebook, search Your Life Rocks and find our Facebook community. It is full of working Christian moms just like you, looking to redefine what balance means in their life and take action to make it so. Now, if you are looking for more, if you are ready to go deeper, to really create the systems to bring more balance into your life and help you clear the chaos, I invite you to join Life Balance Membership. You can go to lifebalancemembership.com to learn more or upgrade right inside of the Your Life Rocks app. You can find that on iTunes or Google Play. Looking for more resources? Head on over to yourliferocks.com.